Good morning. Today is Sunday, January 31st. We are in the last day of January and uh, one twelfth of the way through 2021. Uh, and uh, we're, uh, I'm very happy today to bring to you my interview with uh, Janice Greisheimer-Gettis. She is the founder of uh, Voices of Women, a Facebook group dedicated to uh, uplifting women's voices uh, founded around the uh, election in 2016. She's got a great backstory and is a wonderful advocate for our community um, and Democrats in general. So I hope you, uh, you know, stay around for the interview. Uh, this week, uh, just this last um, Thursday, uh, right after I aired my Zoom with Zarni, um, the governor signed legislation reducing the number of uh, designating uh, petitions uh, by uh, 70%, so about 30% to 25%, depending on the race. Uh, you'll only have to walk petitions to get on the ballot. But he also reduced the, the bill also reduced the time frame in which to uh, get those petitions. Those petitions will now start on March 2nd and will have to be turned in by March 25th. Uh, this reduces the window by about three weeks uh, to you know almost in half. So while there's uh, less petitions to get, there's also a smaller time frame in which to get those petitions. For those of you who are not familiar with this, petitions are how we get candidates on the ballot in New York. Uh, it is the only option to get candidates on the ballot in New York, except for statewide races, which can be put on by party convention or caucuses or town races. Uh, and, uh, but most of the races in Onondaga County uh, that will be on the ballot um, outside of Democratic town races will be done by petition uh, this year. So uh, this is big news, it's a big change. Um, and if you go to the Onondaga County Board of Elections, uh, website. We have the new dates on there in the political calendar, and uh, we uh, have all of the different things uh, on there. What we don't have on there is the number of signatures required to run for office. We won't populate that till February 21st, so stay tuned. Uh, I'll be talking about that around that week. Um, and, uh, and, and those of you still looking for contribution limits, uh, those have not changed. Those are going to probably remain the same. That will start on April 1st. Uh, opportunity to ballot petitions and independent nominating petitions. These are other uh, petitions to get on the ballot. Uh, those have not been changed at all by this legislation. Although the opportunity to ballot petition, at least their numbers haven't been changed. The opportunity to ballot petition start date is a, a, a little uh, earlier and that's on our website as well. So uh, keep staying tuned. We'll, uh, on my commissioner and car on Tuesday, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Uh, and uh, um, and see how uh, everything's going. So again, thank you very much for uh, coming by this Sunday. Uh, here is my interview with Janice Reeshopper Gettis. Enjoy. And we're back. And I'm very happy to have my good friend, Janice Reeshopper Gettis, who is the founder of the Central New York chapter of Voices of Women, one of the larger Facebook groups uh, on uh, and a collection of activists uh, that have come up on the web for the last uh, uh, four years. And uh, I've actually known her for quite some time. Janice, thanks so much for coming on. I'm so glad to do this. 
So Janice, you actually have um, quite a storied background here in central New York. Um, and it started with a tragedy with your daughters, uh, uh, Jenna, uh, in the Jenner Mentor Organization, which my daughter was a part of growing yeah. up in high school. What? She was a star. <laughs> she, she's, and she's later this year getting married. She's down in Florida, but Aww. she still talks about uh, participating in that program. So, Janice, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and, uh, and, and your background with that? All right. Well, I, you, prior to losing my daughter, Jenna, to a murder in Albany when she was in college, um, I, was, I was doing a number of different things in the community and was always active. But losing Jenna really kind of flipped a switch for me. And I realized that I had a platform and people were interested in, in, you know, in what I had to say and what I could do. And so a lot of different things happened. We got Jenna's law passed, which is a separate issue. Um, but that was huge in New York State. And I started the Jenna Foundation for Nonviolence, which did two different things. I'm a crime victims advocate, um, trained at the Medical University of South Carolina and a number of other places through the country. Um, but also we established Jenna's mentors and that's where your daughter comes into play. She was one of our mentors, one of our early mentors. Um, we trained teachers to be overseers for the program in each of their schools. We trained high school students to be the mentors and then the mentees were fourth or fifth graders depending upon the school. Um, and I, I did that until my retirement a few years back and, and the, it was a, an award-winning program and I'm really proud of it. And since my retirement, I have not done that obviously, although I still mentor kids that we give scholarships to through OnPoint for college. And um, I, I still get phone calls from people who have suffered losses and, and want guidance and support. And I'm happy to do that. <clears throat> so that's, that's what brought me up to kind of the, the election in 2016. And I, I know you want to know a little bit more about that. I'll let you ask your questions. I, wasn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's why I do this podcast or video cast or whatever we call it, because I don't think people know about all the resources that are out there and different groups that are pro-democracy groups. And um, in 2016, um, you know, all of us had kind of a, you know, a a split, so to speak. Like it, like it was a, a fracturing moment, and um, you know that's why we started the United Democrats over here. But there were other groups that started, uh, and you started um, a group called Voices of Women. And uh, so, why? I mean, we you know, obviously the election of Donald Trump is part of the why, but why a group that was focused on women what 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 brought you to starting that group well I, as you said it was obviously the election i had a visceral reaction the morning after the election after only a few hours sleep because we stayed up watching this crisis taking place in our country um i i really felt just so compelled to do something and and to make my voice heard 
but I knew that my voice was only worth, um, you know, this much. And if I could add other women to it, it would be worth this much. And the reason it was women is because my experience during the campaign online was horrific. Um, Dustin, you know me well enough to know I have strong opinions. And, and I'm not afraid yes, yep. <laughs> I, I speak my mind, I'm direct. Um, and there are people online of, of the masculine persuasion who can't tolerate that. And I have been called and was called every name in the book. I was threatened and, and he, you know, people tried to humiliate me, that doesn't work too well. Um, and I, so my thought process was that women needed a safe place online where we could be sure that the information we were getting and giving was factual and that we were impervious to trolls. And so I, this group is, is a private group um, and it is either by application or invitation so that I vet every single person who's in the group um, so that we aren't invaded and we can, we can exchange ideas and talk about what's happening in the news and do so in a place that we don't have to worry about expressing strong opinions. Um, and the way the group came about, I, I thought I could get maybe 75, 100 people, um, women to, to join me in this endeavor. And so I thought about it over the holidays. And then in January of 2017, I invited 19 women to meet with me at the Matilda Joslin Gage um, house in Fayetteville. And that I chose that because she's a suffragette and because it seemed like an appropriate location. So we met and um, I discussed my idea and got everybody's input. And the next day we went on, I went online and I had this group established. And within, by the end of the month, which was only two and a half weeks later, we had almost 300 people. And it has, it has gone up and down a little bit. People join and I think some people find the, the constant influx of political information and the, the conversation to be a little overwhelming. Um, and I, I worry a lot about the mental health of some of these members because it's, it's been really trying. So we now are at, I'm not exactly sure what the membership is. It's, it's well over 900. I think it's 920 or something like that. Um, and I'm thrilled. And these, are, these people have become my friends. They've become friends with one another. And it's been a really great forum. And, and it is good for, I think, our mental health. Yeah, and I know that uh, you know, it is primarily an online place, but pre-COVID, you were doing some, uh, you know, impressive uh, in-person events as well. So what were some of the stuff that you were doing over the last four years that you're uh, well, proud as, of? As you know, several of them have featured our Board of Elections Commissioner. How <laughs> was it? You were a hit. Um, we've had professors from SU, from Maxwell. We've had professors from Hamilton College and Casanova College and SU. Um, we've had some really impressive people come talk to us on a variety of, of topics, mostly having to do with politics. Um, some, one of them had to do with the Russian mafia. 
Um, so, you know, so it's, it's international as well, the things that we're discussing. Um, but in addition to that, I sponsored discussion groups here in my home for eight women at a time. And we would sit around my dining room table and eat pizza and drink a little wine and, uh, <laughs> Always and talk good. about spe specific topics that I would, I, it wasn't just random because I didn't want it to go off into, you know, what your daughter doing in college or, you know, it's easy to do that. I wanted to keep it focused and political. Um, and so we talked about local politics and national politics and state politics. Um, and especially during campaigns. Um, and it was very interesting and I, <laughs> I can't do it obviously now, um, but I mentioned it on, on the page about, I don't know, a month ago now and instantly had an overwhelming response. I wanna do it again, I wanna come, I, I heard about it, I wanna be a part of this. So I now already with, it, with no, no end in sight to the pandemic and no possibility of scheduling anything, I have enough for four of them. Um, and then I cut it off and I said, no more, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. So it, there's great interest in that. And there's, there's really amazing support from these women and some men, as you know, because you're a member, um, who, who really, I think, appreciate the opportunity to, um, to, to talk to one another and to hear one another's ideas and to go to something that informs them. Yeah, I, and, and as, as you said, I'm a member, men are members, they're, they're okay, this isn't a, a women's only group, but it's a, a group that is meant to uplift the voices of women, uh, not, but not um, to the exclusion of, of men. And it, and it is a nonpartisan group too, isn't it? Um, I would say we're pretty partisan. I said we're very liberal. We're yeah. all Democrats. Everybody's a Democrat. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know that. Okay, all right. Yes, I think I don't think anybody in the group is anything but a Democrat. <laughs> um, we might have a couple independents, but I doubt it. I, everybody's pretty much on the same page. And I, you know, I, I had this conversation with somebody just yesterday who, on the group, um, on a group thread, said something about an echo chamber. And I said, you know, that, the, the connotation of echo chamber has become very negative. Um, I don't think that we are all just repeating what everybody else says. We're bringing up topics that are timely and important to us. And we are each offering perspective on them. It's mutual support, not an echo chamber. Right, so talk, obviously the group has grown beyond its roots uh, as just a place uh, to be post-Trump, but there are places to be because of Trump. But what's it like now, right? I mean, now that you're now that we are in a God willing post-Trump era, what? How? How does that feel personally? I mean, how, you know, is there is there a, a sense of relief? Is there, a, or is there even a more call to action? There, yes, and yes, um, it's a sense of relief. Um, and again, we had a conversation on the VOW page yesterday about this. Many of the members are feeling depressed. 
Um, they're really worried. They see this, they see what happened on January 6th. They know that those people are out there and threatening and it makes for a very fearful group that has the realization that we're not over it and that Trump has not been silenced. He's gonna be just as obnoxious and intrusive as he possibly can be. And none of us are, are completely unaware of the fact that there's still a lot of work to be done. And before the election, I said, regardless of the outcome, we're not done. Our voices still matter. We still have to be informed. We still have to be aware of facts. And knowing that somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene um, and, and the other, you know, a few other people are out there and trying to run our country is terrifying. And it's, it's incumbent upon each of us to not just sit back and say, okay, Biden will take care of it. We have to give back up. We have to be informed and we have to give support to one another and to the people we trust in government. And, and that kind of like leads me into my next question. So what's next for Val? What is there anything that uh, Val is going to be working on this year? Uh, or is there, uh, um, or are you still kind of uh, recalibrating, so to speak? I would say we're in the area of recalibrating. I know we want to get back to speakers. I know we want to get back to discussion groups. Um, I'm open to suggestion from members of what they would like. Um, I've started, uh, we've started a library um, of books that can be borrowed. We have a huge political library in our house. I know that'll shock you. Um, <laughs> and we, but we like to make those things available to people, you know, and, and so I'm always thinking about what else I can do without killing myself. Um, but what happens next, it really depends. I really am concerned about um, the threats against our government and the threats against the, the good people in our government um, whose homes are being threatened, their families are being threatened, you know, and, and knowing that we have our first female vice president, I, I said six months ago, if, if Kamala Harris becomes whatever she's gonna become, um, you know, we need, to, we need to be behind her we need to back up. We need to be able to say that's not true when something is said that's fake. Um, so we've still got our work cut out for us. Yeah, I mean, I think we all do, right? I mean, that this is uh, uh, a local year and I think people tend to take local years off, uh, but uh, the elections that are coming up matter just as much as the federal or national elections because that's, what's affecting us here locally, uh, you know, every step of the way. So, but I, I also think that there is this like, uh, for four years, we've had a goal, you know, to yeah. take our country back, to to uh, ride out, to survive, to, to support each other. And it's almost like, we don't know what to do with competence in the, in the White House, so, you know, like I mean, like I'm watching these uh, these press uh, conferences. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, they're not attacking each other. They're actually giving information. <laughs> they're, they're they're being truthful and honest. And I'm like, how is this? 
wait a minute, I'm not used to this. And it was only been four years, but it's been such a hell of a four years. And uh, so I guess that, that's the thing is like, how do we move forward? How does, how, you know, how do activists start to, um, you know, reacclimate their life and trying to do it in the middle of a pandemic that keeps us all at home from seeing well, that's each why, other. That's why this kind of thing is so important. You know, we have to use the tools that are available to us and, and social media is a huge tool. And I use it hard, as you know. Um, you know, I just feel that it's, it's really important that we all still continue to pay attention. Trump has worn us down. He's normalized so much that should never be normal and created an atmosphere in Washington. And I think tumbling down from there, if you want to talk about trickle down theory, you know, it's trickled down right down to our local governments that, that people can say and do whatever they want. And, you know, to hell with the rest of you, to hell with what's legal. Um, you know, so many things that were illegal were done during his term that people got used to it and they shrugged their shoulders and they said, oh, that's Trump. We have to make sure that never happens again. And as much as I doubt that he will be convicted of his impeachment, I am hoping that there will be legislation perhaps based on the 14th Amendment that prohibits him from running again and that takes some of his benefits away from him. This is a man who needs to be muzzled, corralled, stepped on, make sure that he can't repeat his, his past behavior. But at the same time, we know there are little Trumps waiting in the wings. Hello, Josh Hawley. So our work isn't done. You know, we can't just sit back now and say, oh, everything's better because it's not. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the scary part is, is there going to, who, you know, is there somebody who's a little bit more competent, a little bit more polished than Trump who has the same views that can tap into this vitriol that we saw on January right. 6th and, um, and, and uh, uh, find a way to, uh, you know, because let's be honest, in 2016, Trump found a way to, to fool people too, you know? I mean, we knew about his racist past. We knew about uh, you know, some of the stuff, you know, the, the Access Hollywood tape came out right before the election. We knew uh, the, the measure of the man, but uh, a lot of people decided that either it was fake news or, it was okay because um, the other side was worse, or you know, or or that he had learned his lesson, or whatever, and 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 they bought into uh, the shtick that uh, they didn't have to worry about these types of warning signals, and then then we get kids in cages, then we get uh, an insurrection. Then we, you know, and you know, the thing is, he did learn his lesson. He learned the lesson that he could get away with it right off the bat. You know, when he, with the, the, the um, Access Hollywood thing came out and women across the country, for the most part, um, objected strenuously, I think he just laughed up his sleeve because he knew that, that there were an awful lot of white men in particular who, who thought it was great. And here we are with the Proud Boys and with white nationalism and, and with men 
who will say things to women like me online that are so beyond the pale. You should see my list of people I've blocked on Facebook. <laughs> it's endless. Because they not only they not only say horrible things to me, but then they they haunt me unless I block them. Yeah, and, the, and online harassment. Yeah, I mean online harassment has been a, a a problem for a while, but especially for women online. Uh, you know the doxing of women online, the the violence that um, seems to result from these uh, discussions, and I think that's why having a uh, a place that is a vetted forum like yours, you don't, you don't like inhibit free speech, but you're exactly you, you make sure that there's accountability for speech that uh, you know that that can't attack others or make people feel un unwelcome and not be willing to speak up. And exactly, and you know I don't censor, um, but but the rules are clear. You know that that vow demands civility. Our conversations have to be based on fact and kindness and understanding, and we need to listen to one another. And I have really not had a problem. Everyone appreciates the tenor of of the conversation on vow, and everyone very clearly understands that this is a place where they can speak their minds, and we may not always agree, and we don't. Um, but it's, it's just a safe place. Well, I appreciate it because I, it's funny. I, you know, I, I post a lot of my stuff in there so you, people can find out election stuff, but then all of a sudden I see somebody liking it that I know in real life and I didn't know that they joined Val and it, it, it's grow watching it grow over time has been uh, a pleasure. Uh, and seeing a lot of young and older women that find a, a, a spot there to be able to share views that isn't like another political forum or Facebook group on, on you know, on, on Facebook that, you know, just, I, I find the discussions there. Uh, that, it's interesting, you mentioned young and older women, and of course I'm one of those older women. Um, <laughs> but when I, when I did that initial group, in January of 2017, the women ranged from 19 to late 70s. And they, re they represented, I think, um, every religion I could tap into, um, every ethnicity. Um, I, I really tried to get a, a really broad base. Um, and so on VOW, I've worked for that as well. And I think one of the really big benefits has been really terrific conversation between young women and women my age. Um, and we learn from each other. Well, uh, Janice, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. How can people find you? How can people find Voices of Women? It's just, it's a Facebook page, right? Or it's no, it's a group. Page. It's a group. Closed page. It's private. Um, Voices of Women, comma, CNY, known as VOW, but Voices of Women, comma, CNY, and you, you, you go to it and there's a place to apply for membership. Or if you know someone who's in the group, they can recommend you. Um, and then there's, you, I obviously check everybody out because I don't want anybody to slide in under the door that I don't want. Um, and we've had a couple trolls try to get in. Um, and, and somebody once tried to join so that she could promote her business. That was very clear. She didn't last long. 
um, especially since it was a nitpicker business. <laughs> um, but you, if you mm -hmm. go to Vow, go to the page, apply for membership. It, I'm online all the time, so it doesn't take more than sometimes a few <coughs> hours or less for me to see it and vet you and accept you. Well, I, I'll have it hyperlinked in the text here. So if you want to take a uh, part of that and join this group and uh, and because uh, the work of uh, activists are not is not done. We've taken our country back. And I think uh, we'll be looking at local governments this year and, and seeing what, uh, you know, because there's the next Trump is that's where they reside. So um, uh, thank you, Janice, for all the work you've done for Central New York. Thank you. Uh, and in New York State, uh, you know, with, with your, uh, uh, you know, turning tragedy into action uh, back many years ago and uh, now continuing to serve our community. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Dr. <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> uh, and uh, next Thursday will be my next Zoom with Zarni. I'll be speaking to uh, Kathleen Hale and Tom Wilkie of the Election Center. Uh, that is the National Organization for Elect Elections Commissioner Association, uh, or Elections Commissioners, and we'll be talking about uh, the state of elections in America and how we can improve it and, uh, and what Election Center is doing to, to work on that. Uh, in the meet, and of course, I'll have my normal Tuesday commissioner in a car, and my next wonky Wednesday, we'll be looking at the town of Cicero. This, I already have... Uh, the town of Camillus up uh, that was posted last Wednesday. We'll be looking at the town of Cicero with the registration uh, numbers there next Wednesday. So thank you very much for tuning in. Please remember that the virus is still out there. It's still active. Vaccines are on the way, but they're not here yet. So please remain socially distanced, wear a mask, uh, and, and stay home as much as possible so we can get through this long winter together and have a nice uh, uh, reunion, hopefully next spring or summer. So uh, on behalf of the Democrats, this is Dustin Zarney. Thank you very much for tuning in and see you next week. Bye-bye.